welcome to the Heavy Pages podcast, a space for women struggling with an unwanted separation or divorce. I'm Josie, your host, a separation survival coach, creator of the From Devastated to Divorce program, a mother of two, and a survivor of my own unwanted separation and divorce. My mission is to help you avoid some of the pitfalls that extended my journey of growth and healing, and to provide you with tips and tools that will help get you to a place of acceptance and empowerment. Because sometimes the pages of life can be heavy, but you don't have to turn them alone. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Topic Tuesday episode. I am super excited because today I have a very special guest with me. Today, I want to introduce you to my one of my bestest friends and my partner in crime and the person that helped me get through uh, my separation. And I mention her tons in my podcast. I just don't actually say her name, but today we will. So welcome, Clary. Hi, everybody. It's a very exciting uh, opportunity to be with you here. I cannot believe that we are here today. If you told me this, how many years ago we would be here talking about it being on the other side of our divorce journey, so to speak, uh, I would have never believed you. Well, maybe I would have because we had a good time. We did. I mean, we we, we cried together, but we did have lots of laughter together. We did. We did. And um, yeah, I think I would have believed it because we, we were we were quite fearsome at, at during that time I I believe I think so I think so we were tough through the pain but um yeah. I'm not sure I think there were days and probably hours when I would have believed it and others where we weren't but the fact of the matter is is that I know that the that even though I don't wish this on anybody of course but the fact that no. you and I were going through it at very similar basically almost the same time was a yes. godsend. I mean, I, I don't think I could have gone through a lot of it without you. So I know, I know friends for life. That's for sure. Once Absolutely. you go through something like that, there's nothing, nothing can separate us. That's for sure. <laughs> right. So today's topic, I figured you would be like the perfect person to talk about it with, because we are <laughs> going to be discussing child support and not just child support, but we're going to kind of touch in, we're going to try and be fair, try and be, uh, you know, um, what's the word, equitable to men's perspective and women's perspective. Of course, I am not going to, I'm not speaking to men in this particular podcast, but I did do a little research on the five uh, top issues that men have with child support and then the five top issues that women have with child support. So we're going to kind of talk about both of those and see if we, which one we relate to more or what we, our opinions, we're just going to share our opinions on both. So first of all, let's start with the man's first complaint, right? Sure. So the man's first complaint is financial strain, particularly for the amount that they perceive is excessive or unfair in relation to their income and living expenses. Not new. We're not surprised. Are you surprised that that's like one of the top of ones. Of course not. Of course not. That I think honestly, um, that's yeah. That's I mean, in my in my in my experience, my ex actually did not want to get divorced because of that, because of the finances. He, like I told you before, he wanted his cake and eat it too. He already had a relationship with somebody else. And as a matter of fact, before the divorce was even final, the girlfriend was already pregnant with her first child. And, um, yes. <laughs> and, um, but he still did not want the divorce because, uh, he did not want the financial responsibility. Right. That right. was the reason. It wasn't like, oh, I still love you. It was literally because, holy cow, I have to worry about another bill here. Right. You know, uh, we had three children together, so it was three children he would have right. to support. And they were still very young at the time. So, yes, I would say that I agree with that, but what can I say? Right. So <laughs> how old were your three kids when you were going through your... Okay, so wow, I think um 
let me see if I remember correctly, the divorce was actually final when my youngest was, goodness, I, I want to say two or three years old. Yeah, he was he was very little. The the, the separation happened about uh, it before he was even a year old. We were separated for a year before we the the divorce was filed, and then it took about another year or so. So right. I would say about two two and a half. He was right. uh, my youngest. Um, so then it was ten and twelve. My other my other two. And so yes. what really also helped in that situation was that my son was like uh, nine-ish around the time that things um, were really kicking off. And so yes. he had, you know, your sons and they all, they got along great. So that also helped us that while you and I were sitting there bawling or, or, or drinking our sorrows away or whatever we were doing, <laughs> the boys were having a, their grand old time. And so yes, it really worked out. It really worked they out. They had each other. They had each exactly. other. They definitely were not alone. We weren't alone. We had each other, but our kids had each other also to support. And right. I, I remember all and the movies that they made. And oh my, they- <laughs> so great. Uh, if, you know, if YouTube was really a big thing back then, they could have, they, they could have, they could have become oh my goodness. so funny. I, this is totally off topic. But I don't know if you remember the time that they, that they were playing, we were doing whatever and they came up and my son, they had wrapped tape all over his head, like with a, to give him an eye patch or something. And <laughs> yes. then he had tape and an eye patch all over his head. And we're like, oh my God, how are we going to pull that off of your hair? <laughs> but they had fun. They had fun. They did. They had a good time. It was good. So, um, okay. So number one, I don't, I will be honest and I don't believe that my ex complained very much about the money. He was for the most part, very good and fair about the child support. So did he at sometimes resent it and make, uh, some little comments about it? He did, but he, he was, he was fair about it. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to take that away from him. So on that aspect, that's cool. Um, so let's see what the women's, the number one on the women, it says, um, insufficient financial support, surprise, surprise, (laughs) that the payments received are perceived to be inadequate to meet the children's needs. So how do you feel about that? I can see that. I can see how, um, I can see how most women would definitely, uh, have that strain. I don't think that, um, it's hard to put a dollar amount on the care of your child. You know, right. when you when you are a single mom and you have primary custody of your child, yes, you 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 you're thinking, okay, you you're taking numbers of how much daycare is going to cost you, um, how much food is going to cost you, maybe even how much clothing is going to cost you. But what you don't sometimes it's hard to to factor in is things, for example, when they get sick. You got to take them to the doctors. How much is that co-payment going to cost you? How much are the exams going to cost you? How much are the medicines going to cost you? Not only that, how many days are you going to have to be off of of work to miss work, to be able to be there for your child? Right Right. now, they have to be, you know, what, on antibiotics for 24, within for 24 hours with, before they are able to go back to daycare or school, right. they can't have a fever. fever free. You can, yeah. yeah, you, you know, I, I don't remember who was it. I think yesterday, just yesterday, somebody was telling me a story that the mom was single mom, um, five kids. Um, her seven year old was throwing a fit, did not want to go to, well, first of all, he was fighting with his brother, got his clothes all spoiled with, I don't know, milk or something from the cereal. Mom said, change. He's like, no, I'm not going to change. This is the clothes I wanted to wear. And she's like, fine, you're going to school like that. The kid decided to throw a fit at school and they kept calling mom. Hey, you need to pick up your child. And they kept calling her and, and she's on her way to work. Right. Finally, they kept calling her so much. She had to leave work to go pick up a child to go drop them off somewhere else so she can go back to 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 work. You know, right. I mean, the, and this is just the things that you, we have to deal with that you right. cannot factor that in when you're drawing papers of divorce and trying to right. figure out your finances. You know, I and agree. maybe I went a little bo- overboard with the story, but you know, it's just if we, you can. It's really hard to 
to, to put a number to figure out. Yeah, you right. you can't really put a number on it. So it's I even agree. even harder to try to get your ex husband to see that. You know, so right. yeah, right. Especially if during the the marriage you're the one taking care of this stuff anyway. So he doesn't really um, he hasn't had to experience it. And then when you separate, he still basically doesn't have to experience it. So I agree on that. And I have. For, for me personally, I the number that I received, I feel was very fair. The way that we did it was we got online, we saw a calculator, we did the numbers on the calculator. Honestly, um, I'm happy, I'm fine to say my number. My number, he gave me 850 a month, which I think back, uh, it, you know, it's been a few years now, was a pretty great number, especially when I hear now the terrible numbers that some people are saying for like two or three kids, they're getting like 300 bucks. I don't know how they do it. But um, our actual number was like $827. But when we separated, we spoke and we just agreed to 850. And then when we did the numbers, it was a little bit less than that. But he's like, whatever, I'm not going to fight over, you know, that. And so it was 850. And (laughs) I mean, that number helped me obviously get to do the things I needed with my son and whatever. So I do know that many women get way less and it has to do with how much the husband makes also, I guess sometimes, or maybe different places or different things. I was in Florida, but yikes, I do can see the the concern for some women, especially when they come back with some ridiculous number. So I get that. Yes. Yes. Um, I would love to share how I came up with my number. Tell me, please. I'd love to hear it. <laughs> I had heard uh, the prior me having that conversation. You know, I had it. I I I wanted. Uh, I don't remember how the conversation came about, but I I ended up work, talking with a coworker of his. I think I was calling his job, and he wasn't around. So the guy just started talking to me. You know, just spilling out some things that they were doing over the weekend. It was a Monday. So he was sharing all the things that they we were separated already at the time. Okay. And he happened to share with me that they went um gambling somewhere and he thought it was so funny and crazy how my ex-husband at the time just splurged $3,000 that whole weekend like if it was nothing to him. Jesus. In the back of my head, I'm hearing all of this. I'm like, uh-huh. oh, that's nice. Hmm, yeah, $3,000. He it, it, it was a splurge to him. Like, it didn't mean nothing to him. He, you know what? I think I would like $3,000 a month, you know, for his uh, child care. Right. Or, yeah, child support. Right. And uh, and I, I just set that in the back of my head. I was like, oh, okay, nice. And then when I finally was able to speak to him, I... I asked him, okay, well, you know, we got to talk about child support. Um, what a number do you think is fair? I put it on him, you know. Uh-huh. What do you think is fair? I had a number in my head, but I didn't say nothing at all. And he was the one who said $3,000. I said, okay. That's Dang. exactly the number I had in my head. And that's exactly the number. Perfect. <laughs> I mean, I mean he, a thousand he, bucks he, per he, kid. That's great. It, Exactly. So it's not too much from yours, from your end. You know, you have one child. I had three, you know. So but again, it does go based on income, you know, the right. the, the amount of income that they have. But right. we didn't look it up or anything. We That's literally how it came about. Wow. And he wow. agreed. Uh, and that number came out of his mouth. And I was like, that was the number I had in my head. Agreed. Done. I hurried up, put that on, on the paper as quickly as I could and send right. that off. There but yeah, go. that's how we came about it. Well, that's <laughs> Oh, that's great. So let's uh, let's go to the number two on the men. And I don't know that these are in any particular order. If men are listening and you're like, I disagree, I get it. This is not 100% the list. This is the list that I was able to come up with. So you don't have to quote me. But the number two is lack of control. Some men feel very frustrated by the perceived lack of control over how the child support payments are spent. Ooh, I don't know. I, ooh, yeah. I mean, it's kind of hard to say. I mean, you, you got to, I mean, from their perspective, um, yes, we're women and this is a woman's podcast, I guess you could say, (laughs) but, um, you know, we're not all alike. We're not all alike. You know, they, they should not, I guess they should not 
be worried about how it's spent. I mean, they are control. Well, okay, let me get, take that back. They should be worried about how it's spent. I get that. But lack of control, I don't think that they should have the control to do anything. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, when the child is with them, when the child is in their hand and, you know, when they're watching them, then they are full control of what they want to do with that child, right? Right. But I think the control part is they have to do with the money. Like, I think that if they could get an accounting, like you have, here is, let's use my number, 850. I right. want every month a breakdown of where that 850 went for my child. So... I can, so that, that's their concern. Like a lot of them, um, okay, okay. Some of them, I won't say a lot of them. I'm not going to say all of them, but quite a few of them are concerned that we're out getting our nails done with our child support money. And how dare we, if we've got a nice purse, if we've got a nice pair of shoes, then it must've come from their child support money. And that's what is upsetting to them. We should not be able to live or look good or whatever, because if we are, if we're splurging, if we went out to dinner one night, if we're out having drinks with our friends, it must be because we are using their child support, not for our children, but for ourselves. So that, have you heard- Well, that's exactly, I guess, what we were talking about before. Um, What happened to me, he wanted to have control of where that money was going. And uh, in turn, uh, you know, instead of him giving me the cash, he wanted to provide the the rental, pay the utilities and so forth because of that reason, because he wanted to know exactly where that money was going to. And you were right. I do remember if I was wear any any, a a new clothing he was like you know he anything that he would see he saw it like he was providing it for me like it was coming out of his pocket never mind that I was working on my own that you know that I had a full-time job no right exactly and even though I'm gonna say that I loved where you lived I basically was there every other weekend and it really was a, a really great place a sanctuary because during this time you know people who listen to my podcast know that I left my house and ended up at my mom's house in one room with my son and uh, you know living at my mom's house with other family I would escape over to Clary's house basically every weekend and so uh, I loved it but the place that you had was because um, your ex wanted to cover the and he got you like the most expensive apartment in the nicest area which was mm-hmm. great. We, mm-hmm. took, you know, we sucked the juice out of the place. But because of that, because of the control thing. But, you know, the way we were single mothers with three kids, it would have been so much better if we, if you, if you would have given you that money and you get a $3,000 rent, an $800 rent, and then you have all that extra to save. But since he didn't want to do that, he found a place that spent the entire child support money. So exactly. I think exactly. it's funny that then at that point, he still thinks that anything else you're doing is with oh, his yeah. money because he made sure to use every penny to cover the expense, your living expense. And let's add why I left. Do right. you remember? I think it has uh, to do with him feeling uh, ownership. Yes, he was. We were already divorced. He right. already had a baby on the way with his girlfriend whom he was cheating right. with me by but anyways um it was my my youngest son third birthday i was dating somebody at the time who was invited to my son's third birthday he so everybody was there in my family my ex obviously because that's his father right and my the person whom i was dating my boyfriend at the time yes and you were there (laughs) and of course the end came of me living there because he had a problem with my ex, or I'm sorry, but the, the person whom I was uh, dating at the time being there. And he asked me, hey, can I go take a shower? You know, they had just finished playing basketball outside. And I said, sure, go right ahead. You're welcome to come into my apartment and do what you got to do. Everybody else that had not left for the party was already at the apartment. And my ex-husband had the audacity to knock on my door and, and claim that because he was paying the rent, that the person whom I was seeing had no right to come into that apartment because right. he was the one paying for that rent. Right. 
And you remember the the huge fight that happened. Yes, I do remember. But you know what? It was the last, the last event. I think it was the last weekend that we spent in there in that apartment because I said, if it is your apartment, because it wasn't his name, he paid for everything. Right. I said, then you could have it. Right. And I, you remember, you helped me yep. out financially yep. to be able to get out of it within within days. I got out of it, and I took my three kids and I went into my parents' one bedroom apartment, right. and I left everything behind because of what he did to me that day. Yep. Yep. And Never again. Uh, I don't remember, but did he then uh, pay you the three the three thousand dollars a month, or was that the last you saw of that? Pretty much. No, he, there was the pay, the, the, at that time, the payments were continued, continued. Okay, yes. Okay. The, but I, this is what I got to say about child support and my experience. Uh-huh. If you get it, great, but never depend on it. Right. Never depend right. on it. Right. You know, um, and maybe we'll get to that, that later on if the, you want. Right. Uh-huh. But um, yeah, I continue yeah. getting it. Okay. Not well, let, we'll see if it, if it hits and if it doesn't, that'll be our, our bonus uh, advice. Our, our next one. So. <laughs> okay. okay. So let's see. Well, I mean, you know what? I think this is exactly where it's going to fit because this is the number two complaint for women, non-payment or irregular payments. Some women may oh. experience frustration and stress when non-custodial parents fail to make the child support payments regularly or consistently. So here we go. Yes. So when the $3,000 a monthly child support came about, it was because when he left, he left me as an at-home mom. And basically, if you leave, you leave me as, you know, nothing should be able to change for for the kids. If I'm a home mom, then I need to be able to continue being an at-home mom and be able to provide for my kids and take care of my kids As usual, nothing should change for my kids. That's why the child support was what it was. But because three months can go by without me receiving child support, my mortgage was not going to wait three months for me to make that payment. My kid's school tuition at the time was not going to wait for me three months, three or four months for him to decide to catch up on his child support payments. So it's very inconsistent and it was the most stressful thing in the world. I know that there are some people that may be listening to be like, wow, I wish I can get $3,000 a month. Well, guess what? I wish it was $100 a month, but that I would get it $100 a month because then it would be something that I can count on and I can just manage it, whatever it is. If it's $50 a month, if that's all that he could have afforded, but it was consistent, then that's what I would have adjusted and managed. But the fact that it was so inconsistency, the fact that it was $3,000 a month, it was pointless. It was still nerve wracking. It was, it was stressful. Stressful. It's stressful. Exactly. Because I I couldn't count on it. And I, and that whole me wanting, you know, the whole, Hey, leave me as I was. If I was a single, an at-home mom, I could continue to be a single mom went out the window within the first year. Right. And I remember you and I were sitting at the pool and that beautiful place. And we're like, you know, this is going to have to end one day. Right. (laughs) And yeah, it, it, it it was, it it had to come to an end because we knew at the time that we both needed to go and and make our own money, make our own careers and make our, you know, manage our, ourselves uh, and our children better. And that's, and that's what ended up happening. You know, I ended up having to go get myself a job, Obviously, because I was an at-home mom, I didn't work like you. I wasn't working on my career like they, you know, I allowed my husband to work on his career. I was his backing and his support. I took care of the kids and the household while they build their careers, you know, just the same with you. So I, the amount of money that I was able to get was nothing compared to the amount of money that he was getting, but I still needed that consistency. So it wasn't about the amount of money. It was about the consistency. So no longer was I able to live in that very, you know, the the same way that he was able to provide, but the peace of mind that I had, you just, you couldn't put a price tag on it. That's right. Exactly. And, you know, I think that's an excellent point that sometimes even you think, wow, $3,000 a month is great. And it is 
if it is consistent, like you're saying, because if not, and you choose to try and live in that, in that, you know, bracket, let's call it, you know, in that, exactly. that uh, lifestyle mm-hmm. bracket and they mm-hmm. are not consistent, all you're doing is giving yourself an ulcer and stress and problems and, you know, probably ruining credit and, and fighting to figure out that money. And it's a lot easier to come up with 850 a month to cover what he might be paying you than to cover 3000. So even if they're giving you exactly. a lot, don't live up to that amount. You need, you should, you know, live within your means. Uh, you know, I would even say two thirds of that should be like put away in savings for rainy days and then live on what you, what you could be able to afford yourself because you put yes. yourself in big trouble doing that other way. So yes. I definitely agree on that yes. for my part. Again, I will say that, um, my ex was very good with the child support, with making the payments. Um, we had a very interesting setup for our child support payments. I remember when we went to court to get divorced, the the, the judge asked if I wanted it to be taken out through the courts, you know, through his check. And I said, no, I didn't because we had been doing perfectly fine beside, uh, our, on our own. We've already been separated a couple of years by that point. And... Um, I remember the judge looking at him and, and looking at him, but telling me that can change. I can add it whenever you need. And I remember leaving the court and my ex saying, I felt like he was kind of like threatening me a little, like letting me know, you know, don't get too comfortable just because it's not in writing. But our setup was we had a joint checking account. And when we separated, I opened my own account and I left him our bank account because he had direct deposit from his job and all that stuff. And again, me making it so simple for him. He could keep it even though it was mine to begin with. I had added him. He can keep it instead of having to do, you know, all that hard work of filling out papers to move his stuff, whatever. So he had his account. I had my own account, but my name was on that account. So every two weeks on payday, I would call my bank and do a transfer from his account to my account for the child support. I would pay myself the child support. He knew it was happening. I would send him a text and say, hey, I'm going to do the transfer. He'd say, okay, I did this for years. He, I mean, mm. honestly, that bank account got closed out a couple years ago. So we had a joint bank account for like 12, 15 years <laughs> after our divorce or some crazy amount like that. And he could trust me. He knew I wasn't going to take his money. And so I would, I would do that. And sometimes I would have to lend him back the child support because he was terrible with money. And he'd be like, hey, and this falls into what you said. I didn't depend on that money. So when he would say, can you maybe give, can you send me some of that back? Or can you just wait till next week to do it or whatever? I'd be like, yeah, sure. That's fine. Because I was not depending on it to live. Something that I'm very proud of considering where I had come from. So and um, of course, that's something that you have to work at. But you know what? You and I came from zero, from zero. Mm-hmm. We had nothing. Neither one of us were working when the, the divorce happened, you right. know. Um, so Or any college if, or schooling to, to, no, to run back on. Exactly. No, not at all. We didn't have a backup plan. We didn't even yeah. have family, really, to, to, to rely on financially. Financially, I mean, exactly. Houses, yeah, they it, both let us stay at our places, but they, yes, weren't, they were yes. not in a position to help us. Exactly. No, not at all, you know. No, so if we can do it coming completely from nothing, from zero, then it it, it can be done. You can, you know, assume and that responsibility and get to the point where you do not depend on it. And I encourage every woman to do so. Absolutely. I agree. So let's see number three for the men, non-custodial parent involvement. I shouldn't have to pay because I don't have a relationship with the child. Yikes. Mm. it makes me wonder why (laughs) why don't they have a custodial yeah no um (laughs) those i think are the definition of deadbeat that are like i don't because i don't even see them i shouldn't even have to pay for them which which is i think completely the opposite the less you see them the more you should make sure that you're paying because that means the more responsibility is on you know the the mother's shoulders but um I've, I've seen, I've seen that a lot, so I'm not really surprised either. But of course, you know, in my circle, I'm really listening to the worst stories. I'm sure there are very great stories out there, but I, where I am, I'm going to hear the worst and that's, that's pretty bad. Well, I can, the, what I can add to that part or the, or to that perspective, um, two things. The first one is that, um, Again, my ex just wanted, the only thing he cared about was the money, you know, the finances. And to prove that, 
to prove that. Um, he got upset with me one year because I was filing the taxes. You know, I was filing the the earning income cr- uh, yeah, income, child uh-huh. or something like that. Okay. Right. And he had asked. I think he had planned on doing it. Keep in mind, by the way, that he already had, I think, two kids already with some with the other one, right? Yeah. With the other lady. <laughs> <laughs> so I figured, you know, hey, you got two there. I got three here. We're good, right? Um, and I went ahead and did my taxes. And it wasn't like I did it to, 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 to hurt him or anything. It's just right. business as usual as far as right. I'm concerned, right? But he got upset with me because he wanted that money. I guess in his mind, he had planned out the X amount of money that he would get. And he, you know, he wanted that money. But before he, I guess, had a chance to talk to me about it, he, I guess, you know, I don't know. I had already done my taxes and he was in the middle of doing his taxes. And he just called me like nothing. Hey, what are the kids social security number? I'm doing my taxes. I'm like, why? I already did my taxes and I already got my, you know, my return and everything. He got furious with me. And he decided to take me back to court and tell the court that he does not make enough money to and that he needs to change the amount of of. uh, of the child support. Unlike you, the person in uh, the magistrate, it wasn't an actual judge. It was like a, the mediator. They weren't as kind as you, the judge that took care of your situation. Okay. I went in there fully prepared, fully prepared with an attorney papers as proof that how much money he makes everything. And he went in there and said, I don't make any money. That's all he would come out of, out of his mouth. I don't make enough. I, I need Things need to be changed. And I went with paper with proof with an attorney and the magistrate literally looked at me and said, I'm going to take his word for it. Wow. Just like that. He doesn't make enough money. And the, and the, and the, um, attorney was literally like, okay, show us proof. Let's see his bank account statements. And the magistrate said, no, we don't need to do all that. She literally was for him 100%. She didn't hear what we had to say. She didn't he- see our paperwork, nothing. She didn't even ask him for proof of wow. what he was saying. Okay. You know, this is going to come in into one of our other comments. Oh, but sorry. Okay. Yeah. 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 My, my, point, <laughs> my point is, though, that, you know, it kind of relates a little bit to the question right. or, you know, to that statement, because at the end of the day, um, the attorney said, look, we can fight this all the way. We could keep fighting it. Neither right. he will get his way, but you won't get your way either. So I decided right. to bring him into our house and have a one-on-one conversation, because okay. when he went ahead and filed the fact that you know, the whole money thing, he decided to also ask for more time for the kids. That's what affected me. I could care less about the money. It affected me about the time. And to prove that he only cared about the money and not the kids, when I sat him down, I literally said to him, do not touch my time with the kids. Right. You can take, you can get whatever money, you can decide whatever amount of money you want to pay me for child support, but you're not touching my time with my kids. And he was delighted. He was smiling from ear to ear because he knew he had touched my soft spot, which is the kids, not the money. Right. So sure enough. What did it end up being? He lowered it to $2,000 a month. Okay. Okay. He lowered it to $2,000 a month and I got to keep whatever amount of time I want with the kids. He picked money over the kids. Not shocked. Did he actually add <laughs> to get the kids for taxes on there, or or no, I mean, wasn't that the whole all. thing? That I, st- exactly. Okay. No, no. I kept. Wow. I That's kept fine. that. Wow. I kept it because I make less money than him. I of needed course, all the help that I can get. You know. So on that same situation, I had a situation like that with with my ex, um, where one year I we did have it that you know he would have one year I would have one year and it was my bad but I was like you know what I make so much more less than him he always forgets to file his taxes till last minute and I went ahead and claimed my son that year and when he went to file they denied him he got super pissed off at me he came over he screamed and yelled Um, it was ugly and I said you know what I'm sorry my bad you're right I shouldn't have done it I will file an amended return take him off they're going to take back the money they gave from me. You file, you know, a lot of paperwork. So I filed an amended return. I got dinged for what they had given me. It was pretty close to 
I want to say close to like $3,000. And then I had that debt, but I knew it would just be covered the next year. Right. I told him I did it. He never, he never did anything. He was like, by that point, he was like, yeah, whatever. He never claimed my son oh, after yeah. all of that. He, he just let the, the money was lost. And then what I realized researching um, a couple of years later, I realized that he already made too much money to get the earned income credit anyway. So even on the years that he claimed my son, I still could have claimed that that income. So I went back and I amended my taxes. I want to say that happened in 2008. So in 2010, I realized this and I went back and I fixed 2010 and 2009, but 2008 had expired. So that whole money had been gone. So I was oh. so mad because I'm like, you wasted it. You, you, you caused a big fuss. You didn't even bother to, to go after it. Exactly. So. Oh, goodness. So he, ba he basically, even though he wanted to claim the kids, he made too much. You still should have been, you still would have been able to get your whatever. Both of you, he could have claimed mm -hmm. them for something and you still would have gotten yours because there's no way he could have gotten that because it was too much. But that, I want to say, I am not a tax attorney. Uh, this advice is, no, I'm not giving anybody any tax mm -hmm. advice. And not only that. But things have changed since then. I mean, we're talking about right. what twenty some years ago, right, um, right. or right. or ten, fifteen, 20, twenty yeah, years 15, ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah, since since. So I hope people listening to this don't be like, "Oh, right. I can do this, or I can do that." No, right. I, please. But check I would look that lawyer. up, even though I am not yes. a lawyer and not a tax attorney. Yeah. I would look that up because I learned yeah. about that, and I had left it on the table for years. And I'm like, "Well, crap," because there's only you can only <laughs> collect that if you make less than a certain amount. And both of our husbands were making more than that. So even if oh, they claimed the kids, yes. they were not going to get yes. that. So, all yes. right, well, let's go back to, um, where were we? We were talking about the, okay. Number three for the women, uh, lack of accountability. Many women complain about the lack of accountability in the child support system. You see, you're ahead of it. Clary. Oh, when? <laughs> uh, yes. Enforcement uh, the enforcement mechanism is insufficient. So this kind of doesn't work. I got to talk about this because awesome. every single, like, for example, if I was to ask for any kind of Medicaid or food stamp or any kind of assistance from the government, they said that they, they would not give me any of it unless I would go after my ex-husband for child support. And I'm like, there was two options. I don't know how if the law has changed since then, but there were only two options. If I would go back or if I would go after him for child support, the only two things that they could go after him is suspend his license. Right. Which, again, um, how is that going to get me any money? Exactly. One. And two, put him in jail. If he's in jail, he loses his job. Then I right. definitely will never get my money. Right. You know? So right. those two options to me were worthless, worthless, right. you right. know, um, I remember at some point they did ask me, well, if he hasn't paid your child support at some point, well, um, you know, do you want us to go after him? I'm like, you know what? Good luck. Go for it. Yes. So in order for them to be able to give me assistance, I had to either me go after them or allow them to go after them. I said, right. sure. Well, I remember one year I said, sure, go for it. Good luck. Let me know how that works out for you. Right. I'm still waiting. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm still exactly. waiting. And yes, lack of accountability because at the end of the day, as of 2010, 2010, uh, July 2010 was the last child support that I received. Wow. My son, I still was only, I believe was only nine uh, years old at the time. It was the last child support amount that I received, and it was partial, and it was not by him. It was his girlfriend at the time who literally said to me, I feel so sorry for you, and gave me an envelope of $500 cash. Jesus. <laughs> and since that time, by the way, she was the only one who was picking them up for, for their weekend not right. their dad because right. he was working and she was the one who was picking them up and dropping them off. So since July, 2010, they never saw their father ever again or their child support. Wow. That's absolutely yeah. bonkers. And I do remember, I didn't have this experience as you guys know, but I do remember telling you, 
just freaking put him in jail. If you're not getting paid anyway, put him in freaking jail. Let him feel what it feels like to be stuck in there and uh, let it hurt. And I know this is kind of like a, you know, a bitter, but, but <laughs> dude, I mean, if you're not going to pay one way or the other, then go to jail and then sit there and you're not, at least you're not out enjoying and, and, you know, burning through money while you're, while I'm trying to figure out how to feed your kids, you're going to be sitting in jail. But I do have also heard that, you know, when they put you in jail, you sure like, sure, sure. And you make like a, you know, a partial payment and then you're out again. And then you have to go through the whole thing again and they don't have to worry again for like another, exactly whatever, three or four months. So it is a really screwed up system and it doesn't um, work. It's, it's very exhausting. If you're, if you're really trying to, and they're making it difficult, you could exhaust yourself, exhaust money you don't even have chasing after it. So I get it. That's, that's a shame. And the whole thing about having them withdrawn from your their check automatically, I've heard, and it didn't happen in my situation, but I've heard that, you know, they just up and quit that job and move on to another job and up and right. quit and go to another job. Yeah. And that's how they get away with it. Yeah. They, they go, they fall through the cracks because of so many changes and, you know, exactly. to, to find where they are, where they are. Yeah, that's. Okay, so let's move on to number four, which is disputes over custody and visitation. And so let's see how this really relates to child support. But I guess it says, in cases where there are disputes over custody or visitation rights, some men may express frustration with the child support system, feeling that it favors the custodial parent and does not adequately consider their desire for more active role in their child's lives. So I'm not exactly sure exactly how that falls, except for maybe that it can correlate to the more time you have them, the less you have to pay. Because, you know, like I think now a lot of people are doing 50-50 custody and usually when it's 50-50, nobody has to pay because you have 50-50 unless someone is making a whole bunch more than the other person. I didn't have 50-50, so I don't, I can't really speak to that, but I think maybe that's what they're relating to. Yeah, I cannot relate to that myself. But yeah, I mean, honestly, if it is 50-50, if it is an equal contribution as far as parenting is concerned, you know, they're half the time and, you know, with the with half and half with each parent, I could uh, I I don't see how the 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 child support would I don't know. I really don't know how that would right. work to be honest. You know, with I, you. the one thing I will say on that is that I do know somebody who's who's ex fought really hard for joint custody because he didn't want to pay child support, but he oh, okay. had the mom watch the kids. He's like, I worked, oh, he worked, he no. did everything. And when it was his 50%, his mom was watching the child, the, the kids and doing everything. So he wasn't really doing it, but he didn't want the mom to be able to do it because then he didn't want to pay her. And that's really shady, honestly. But I will go to the other side of that. And I, I do tell people, Again, not a lawyer, not a whatever, but just things I've learned through the years that child support and visitation are not are not connected. So even if they don't pay their child support, you can't hold their child from them. You can't say you and don't get to see versa. them because you haven't. But vice versa, though. Exactly. Just because exactly. you don't get to see your child does not mean that you don't provide for them financially. Exactly. And just because you pay doesn't mean you get all the time in the world with them, you know, something gets worked out, but yes, because I know a lot of women and I will say that I know there are plenty of women that say, well, he hasn't paid, so he's not going to see him. And it's like, that's, mm. you know, that's not the right way to do it, especially if they want to see them, if they're not a danger to them and they want to see them, they just are sucky uh, financially, then, you know, that shouldn't affect the kids. So in that aspect, because it is a father, you know, it is a, a bond that you don't really want to screw up. If they screw it up, that's on them, but I don't want that ever to come back to be you you affected this relationship. So that's it how I see that. It is a very fine line to, to walk. Um, from my personal experience, I personally feel that when my kids were spending time with their father, I did not feel that they were safe. Right. At all. And you and I know, and maybe that's a, maybe another podcast for another day, Absolutely. but, um, you know, it is a very fine line and it's a right. very hard thing to prove. And as right. much, and I was one of those women that I wanted with all my heart to say, well, Hey, you don't haven't paid. I, you, you can't watch, you, you know, you can't come pick up the kids. I wanted to so right. badly, right. but, um, and justifiably so, but, right. but right. because you had something we, that was more than just the money. It was a concern for their safety, but just exactly. the excuse of you don't pay, you don't get to see them. It is you know, not. Yeah. Not we, cool. we cannot do that. Right. 
No. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So now on the other side of that, women, their number four is limited involvement in the cases where the non-custodial parent is not actively involved in the child's life beyond the financial support. It's great that they pay, but then they don't really spend any time with them. And, and for many of us women, I feel that we obviously want that bond specifically for our sons, right? Yes. Um, we want them to have the, the, to have that connection with their dad and that male role model in their lives. I don't want to have to run out and, ma- and, and bring another man into the house just so that my son has a male role model. I want the father to continue to do that. Um, that's, I think that's know, a, I think this topic could be a whole podcast, by the way. Right, right. Write, I that, think so write that down. Right, right, make a note. <laughs> make a note of that. So um, yeah. I can see that, you know, that, that it hurts us that they don't spend the time that they could with, with their child. It does. But again, it's in, in regards to child support, it's it, it just, it's unrelatable. Right. It, it has exactly. to, that child support has to be there. You know, the, the food on the, uh, you know, the food for breakfast, lunch, and dinner cannot fail every single day of these kids' life. You know, they right. need clothing. They're continuously growing. They need to, you know, to go to the doctors. They need they have so many monetary needs, right. you know, continually all the time, whether we feel like it or not, whether we have a job or not, that right. monetary need is always there and that should never fail regardless. All right. So let's see again, number five for the men, you kind of mentioned it, even though in a shady way, but changes in financial circumstances, men who experience significant changes in their financial circumstances, such as a job loss or reduced income may struggle to meet the child support obligations. And I am totally, I am not of the opinion that we should bankrupt men to pay for child support. I am not of the opinion that if they cannot afford, if the best job that they can find is McDonald's, and they are doing their job at McDonald's. And obviously that means they can't be sending you six, seven, eight hundred dollars a month. You know, this is the best they can do. This is this person. I get that. If they were an executive at a stock market, whatever, and then they decide to go to McDonald's so that they don't have to pay you the big numbers, that I have a problem with. But I'm not here to bankrupt anybody over what they can afford. My ex-husband could afford what he was what he was paying. Would he have been more comfortable without it? Absolutely. But it was an, it, it was uh, money that my son needed that was used, and um, I, he wasn't not eating because of it. Right, right. And like I mentioned in the beginning, I did not care if that $3,000 turned to $50 a month, $100 a month, as long as it was consistent, as I needed consistency above all, above right. the amount of money. And it, let's say, you know, there, and I actually did live, live that for a little while. There was, um, I remember a few months that he was, uh, my ex was unemployed. Um, and he, flat out told me, Hey, I'm not working right now. I'm like, okay, it is what it is. Now keep in mind that at this point I have already figured out a way not to depend on his uh, child support. So the fact that, you know, he went a few months without paying me meant nothing to me. You know, I was already used to him going, being late two, three months at a time, you know? So the fact that he was unemployed, it didn't affect me. I was already at that point ready to not, not depend on it. So it was fine with me. Right. Okay. I see you. I see you on that. So let's see what the last one is for women. Inadequate distribution of expensive expenses. Women may feel that the burden of child related expenses may fall disproportionately on them, even with child support payments. I don't understand that. What does that mean? So I think that what they're talking about is, for example, um, child support is $850 a month, flat fee, but then uh, they want to join band, they want to uh, be in Boy Scouts, they want to do extracurricular activities, they have doctor's appointment, they have... um, extended day like after I was school. mentioned before like I was mentioning before exactly. the unexpected the, All the of things those that can happen things. exactly yes if you actually tallied a spreadsheet of their 850 and then every single thing that you spend to your kid and not just that you know this is something that uh, 
in, in my situation, there was a time when my son was getting a little bit difficult and I needed to send him to his dad. I said, I think I need you to take him for at least a couple weeks. And he said, okay, cool. Um, so do I get to deduct the child support for those two weeks? And I'm like, wow. I mean, <laughs> I was a little disgusted that he asked. And I said, well, if you can take the price of the of the rent that I'm paying for a two bedroom because he has a room here and the price of the cable and the price of everything that I pay because of him. Sure. But otherwise I'm still going to have to pay all of that just because he's at your place for the couple weeks. I mean, the nickel and diming at that point, that was kind of gross. It really annoyed me. Yeah. It wasn't like it was going to be a permanent solution that you did not have these current expenses because of the fact that you have primary care. Exactly. And, and, and in our situation, our, our child support uh, or visitation was every other weekend, one night a week, and he would take him a month in the summer. He never took him a month in the summer because he had a, a nine to five job so did I, but he didn't have any, anything to do anywhere to put him in the summer and get and go get him after work and all this kind of stuff. And I never enforced that. I said, I will handle that. I will take care of summers. Um, I will, you know, see what I can do with work to maybe get out early, get out late. If not, I will put him in summer camp. I did all of those things. He never went with him for a summer. And that was the, included in you know, the numbers, right? Even though child support and visitation are different, but assuming that for a month every summer, I wasn't going to have him, but I was still getting this same amount the of child, child support. support. It, exactly. The numbers, you know, the numbers are there for a reason. So I never uh, required that of him. I'm not mad that he didn't. It worked out fine for me. So, and I also did it nickel and dime with, you know, he went to the doctor. And so now here's part of the copay. I went to, even though he paid the, he did pay the insurance for our son. So I paid the co-pays. So I, I wasn't about, oh, well, th now split this. Oh, he wants to do this. Let's split that. I didn't do those sort of things. But I know that there are people that A, need to, and other women that B, want to. So, mm -hmm. um, so there's that. You know, uh, honestly, in my, uh, my uh, opinion on this also is if you can't afford it, even with child support, sometimes you have to say no to the kids. They can't do everything. And you can't exactly. get mad because your ex maybe can't afford to pay more. You just be like, you know what? There's some things that we can do within the budget and some things that we can't. I agree. A hundred percent. Wow. So what do you think? Is there anything that we didn't really touch on about, you know, women's thoughts, men's thoughts on this whole very convoluted, very difficult topic of child support? Well, like I told you in the beginning, I think I, I have a unique perspective that I would like to share about the child support. I know that um, I, I guess the, the, the general perspective from a woman's perspective is that, hey, you know, they owe me this money and they, they you know, they need to pay me this money. And, and, and I agree 100 percent, of course, you know, you, you they have to that. The financial burden has to be shared, definitely. But I remember, I remember being so angry at the time that he had the opportunity. I saw it as an opportunity to be able to financially provide for the for our children. And he hated it. And I resented him for that because I wished with all my heart and soul to be able to have that financial ability to be able to provide for our children the best that we could possibly provide for them. Right. I wanted to give them so much, you know, as any mother does, right? You right. know, not just the necessary basic things, but you want the, the best, you know, the best shoes, the best clothes, the best education, the best um, home that you could provide for them, you know, in the safest place. You right. know, you want to be able to provide for them opportunities. And all of these are based on your finances, whether or not you can provide all these things, the best for your children. It depends right. on how much money you make. At the end of the day, that's the bottom line. Right. And I remember just feeling resenting him for not for resenting the fact that he was he had the financial ability to do the best he could. And he and he didn't do it. You know, he fought 
from he fought tooth and nail to 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 stop giving me money and eventually he did he stopped you know paying me child support but the point that I wanted to make is that I remember feeling like wow I wish I had that opportunity to be a financial blessing to my children and I don't have it. And I, you know, I hated it, you know, and I hated that I wasn't able to provide the best that I could for my children. And here he is having all the money in the world, you know, six figure income and chose not to give the world to our children. And I, I can never understand that, you know? And it's not like he, it wasn't, only because of you, because he could have been like, when you're with me, you're going to have everything. I just don't want, you know, the ex to benefit from it because oh, he didn't do really- you want to know what happened. What happened? <laughs> oh no. When I would buy clothes for my children. Okay. Um, I remember my little one, I would buy him clothes and I would fill up his little suitcase with clothes. Do you, you right. know where I'm going yep. with this, right? Uh-huh. uh-huh. He would get picked up with all his brand new clothes, packed up new clothes. And when they would come back, they would come back with clothes from Goodwill. And everything that was packed was clothes from Goodwill, hand-me-downs. And I would ask them, where's his clothes? Well, they would give them to their half-brothers. That's they, they would have, they would keep all of their clothes. From that moment on, I would repack the Goodwill clothes for the uh, other weekend and put back (laughs) clothes on him that he would, and he, it was rags. I'm not exaggerating rags. And I would hate to dress myself like that, but. Right. Right. No, exactly. That's what would happen. Yeah. That's. That's shameful. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole nother for sure. We're going to have to dive deeper into this. I'm going to have to have you back to talk about that. (laughs) But the one thing that I did want to mention, so I know you say you have a unique uh, perspective on the child support. And I also kind of do in the fact that I am hard as nails about child support. Because even though I had a good experience, my ex paid what he needed to as soon as my son turned 18. And this is a side note, but as soon as my son turned 18, my ex got a really great job with a huge bump in pay. And I was just like, you know, I was like, oh man, I mean, good for him, but I'm like, dang, man, I never in the entire time, he continued to get better jobs while, uh, you know, while we were divorced, but I never went to adjust the child support. I felt like the money that he was giving me was fine. It was, you know, more than enough to cover what needed to be done along with everything that I was bringing in. So I never, ever took him to court for more, even though he made from the beginning of our, of our, yeah, when we separated to when we broke up, he had, you know, gone up his income significantly, but I I never did that. But, um, and then it's just so happens that right after my son turns 18 and he doesn't have to pay anymore, he got this great job and I'm like, oh man. But anyway, (laughs) um, what I was going to say was that I, when we separated and I was like you, I stay, I stay at home mom. I had no money. I had no whatever. I refused to ask for spousal support because I said, I will take care of myself. I do not need him to take care of me. I will figure it out. I will make it happen. So I was like, no way. I'm not going to ask. And I, I earned it. I had been with him for 10 years, married for eight. Yes. I, you know, absolutely. At, not forever at least, but at least for a, a certain amount of time. But I said, no, I don't. I don't want to say that I had, he helped me do anything that I, but for his son, he will pay. He will take care of his son because his son is his responsibility. And I am really firm on you don't let them walk away from that responsibility. You fight tooth and nail as much as you can without, you know, driving yourself crazy or whatever, but you don't, well, he doesn't want to pay. So screw it. I'll figure it out. Absolutely not. You need to be a little tougher because it's not your money. It's your child's money. You are also taking money out of your son, um, food, things, uh, you know, opportunities, uh, experiences away from your son by not fighting their father for child support that they rightly are responsible for providing. So I am really a stickler on that one. The one thing I do want to add is, first of all, 
what you're doing today, I wish we would had it. I wish we would have this support that, I mean, yes, we had each other, but we, right. it was like the blind leading the blind, right? <laughs> yes, we were right. both on the same spot going through it together. And thank God we are on the other side of it now. You know, right. we can literally say that we're both, you know, successful women. You know, our kids are grown and, hey, they made it through a Absolutely. very difficult time for them as well. But I am so, you know, I'm grateful that you provide this for so many women out there. And I wish that we would have had this because the one thing that I, I mean, it wasn't perfect, right? We learned, right. we made mistakes along the way. We learned it, but now here you are to be able to provide the that, hey, don't do that. Like, hey, we did this, don't more you guidance. do it, right? Right, exactly. exactly. And the one thing that I do regret, and, and, I, and I understand why I did it, but I do regret was not keeping my house. Girl. I regret not keeping my house. You and I, I together hate, made the same I, mistake. I, I hate that. I hate that I did that. That was a huge, huge mistake. Yes. Now, I said I understand why I did it. And just to, the reason why is because I felt I didn't have a fight in me. And I did not want to fight about anything, especially anything material. I didn't want to fight about money. I didn't want to fight about the house. And he was fighting. He wanted that house desperately. Um, and so I knew that it was going to be quite a fight and I just, just did not felt like I had the strength in me to right. fight him from, for anything more than my children. All I wanted was my children and my time with my children. And I didn't want that to be touched for nothing in the world. And I felt at the time that that's the only energy that I had to spare at this time. And that's why I said, thank God that you're doing this. And I hope that you can provide that strength and, su and support to somebody like us that are maybe going through what we went through at the time. And maybe you could give them that strength to fight for your house. Get a little bit more strong and hold on to your house. Why do I say that? Because my goodness, where would we be right now? How many times have I moved because of it? I jumped from house to house. Like it seemed like every year, every two years, the instability that right. we had through the past 10, 15 years is unhealthy for us and even more unhealthy for our children. That if your, your divorce happens, at least they, nothing should, your, the world for your children should be, remain as stable as possible. And their home should, is like the number one, that's their foundation. You know, whether they have to create new memories, then so be it. You know, but their home is there is a good foundation and in of stability, and it is it is a one regret that I do have. Right, right. I feel you. I mean, we can fill a whole podcast episode on that too. And I, 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 I actually, your reason is a very understandable reason. You, uh, you know, it wasn't so much of a buzzword back then, but you were really looking out for your mental health on understanding how much more you could, what you could handle at that point. You know, yes. uh, anybody who listens to my podcast knows my reason. It was a stupid ass reason. I'm super annoyed at that reason. It was a reason because I had zero self-esteem, zero self-worth, whatever. But if, yes, if I can save one woman from, from not losing something that they value, be it a house or be it something else, it, uh, you know, that would make all of this worth it. So, and Clara, thank Clary. I always call you Clara. I, I have okay. always called you Clara. But <laughs> thank you so much for sharing with us and giving us your input today. And I want to take a moment to let you now shout out all of um, where people can find you because you have done amazing things from, yes. you know, where we both came from. So tell everyone what you do now and where they can find you. Yes, I am. My name is Clary Torres, last name Torres. I currently am a director and founder of International Home Education, LLC. It is an, a homeschool learning center. It is started, it started at a physical location because of COVID. We turned it into a online homeschool program. We literally take care of everything from A to Z that has to do with homeschooling from providing curriculum, a live private certified teacher, one-on-one -on -one, small group gathering for students, 
K through 12. We take care of evaluations, assessments, portfolios, anything that the state or county would require um, for homeschoolers to have. Why do I do this? <laughs> I do this because I decided that, you know, going through my personal experience with my youngest son, I decided to homeschool him. And um, traditional school just isn't for everybody. I'm not downing traditional schools. Both of my two oldest sons went through traditional schools perfectly fine. And, you know, they loved it. They had wonderful memories. But uh, with my third son, it just wasn't working. I foresaw him being a dropout at the age of 16. And I had to take responsibility of my son's education and not depend on the on the state or government to to take care of it but to take care of it myself and believe me it was a rocky experience but like you and going through your divorce you made a lemonade <laughs> out, of, out of lemons right. so have I you know basically I have taken that um very rocky you know emotional experience of homeschooling my son and turned it into a homeschool learning center where I provide the resources for parents who wish they could homeschool, but they can't for whatever reason, whether they have to work a full-time job. I've helped parents that, single parents that work two or three jobs, but wish to homeschool. And they, you know, their kids are falling through the cracks in a traditional school. Nothing has that they've tried is working. So we have kids from um, ADHD, autism, in the you know high functioning autism, you know, in the spectrum. We have uh, students that simply want to get ahead. They want to do two school years in one. We have students that are being bullied or had. Um, some kind of trauma happened in a public school and they, you know, we provide a safe environment where this is a hundred percent parent directed home education for our students. Excellent. And um, are you in just one state right now or? No, this is okay. virtually. So we can provide homeschool um, classes anywhere in the nation. Excellent. Excellent. Perfect. So I am going to, um, well, do you want to shout out your website and um, where people can find you? Yes, you can find me at our website is inthomeeducation.com. And you can find a, you could actually send a instant message and we, we, we have you as an instant messaging, uh, the app where we can answer your questions instantly. Perfect. Perfect. And I'm going to put that link in the show notes along with her Instagram so you can find her there. So Clary, thank you so much for, um, for years and years of friendship and for finally yes. coming on my podcast and, um, you know, it's been sharing. <laughs> yes, it has. And I think that we definitely will be hearing from you again. <laughs> I have a lot to share. <laughs> that's right. That's right. All right. Thank yes. You. It's been wonderful. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. That's going to be it for this episode. If you'd like to reach out to me, you can always find me on Instagram at heavy underscore pages underscore podcast. And if you found this episode interesting, please consider clicking on that five-star rating and following so you are notified when the next episode drops. As always, thank you for listening. And remember, sometimes the pages of life can be heavy, but you don't have to turn them alone.